Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Corey Rosen, and you're listening to the Story Podcast. Today, I have on a super awesome guest, Mr. Kevin Gannon. Thanks for having me. Of course. Along with being a member of Mo Blues, Kevin Gannon is also a founder of a Lancaster County 501c3, uh, 5013C, created in January called, uh, 2015 called Musicians Bedside Manor. Along with Kevin, original founders were Lisa Sika, Adriano Sika, and Beverly Reed. The idea is for local musicians to share their time and talent with people who are not able to get out and experience live music themselves. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, Corey. Thanks for having me. Of course. So uh, you have had a, a long time in the music industry. I know that from just knowing you and having a, a quick chat beforehand. Uh, so where did it all start for you? Well, um, growing up in Philadelphia, I used to listen to, listen to um, a radio station called WXPN, and they had a thing on there that they kept advertising um called uh, musicians on call and they're in major cities philadelphia dallas new york la and houston and what they do is they go around to hospitals and retirement communities and they play music for people who can't get out and i thought what a wonderful idea lancaster needs that mm. so in 2015 I, we were sitting around one day and um bev my girl we uh lived together and we uh kicked it around. We thought, you know, this is something we should do. So we got with Adriano and Lisa and we put this together at their dinner table and uh, we reached out to Steve Davis, who's a local musician in town, and he did our logo for us and um, Lisa did our 5013C, send it off so we're, we're legal and then it started and I made started to make phone calls to local retirement communities and LGH and said, look, this is what we have. It's no charge to you. We have a, a pool of volunteers um, who will come in and play music for your residents. And and it just took off. Um, here we are in 2023. Of course, we had the two-year two hiccup. Um, and we're just now getting it back on track. Um, and But talk about the when we got it started, the call for local musicians blew my mind. Um, because we just put it out there on Facebook and said, hey, look, man, we got this little thing going on. You know, if you're interested hit us up and it blew up. I mean, the local musicians in town, this, this local community scene is incredible. I mean, when you need something, they're there. We've had, I'm t no lie, 50 to 60 people volunteer their time and talent to this program. Um, and then again, like I said, we had the hiccup. So we're just starting to get it back. And Katie, who you had in here, uh, Katie, I can never say her last name. Sorry. Katie. Yep. Um, Mark Boyd, uh, Joe Segan, uh, Joe, Joe. Really nice. Yep. Um, so these are the guys who showed up now and we're going to bring it back. Um, we've already started doing Quarryville Presbyterian home and what they do there is they bring them into a sunshine room, anywhere between 15 and 30 of them, uh, residents and the, 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 the musicians get to do their thing. And, and, uh, Corey, I'll tell you when we started this program, it was like, wow, what we're going to do for people. This is great. The first time we did it, we walked out of there and went, what they did for us right. was great. Because they wheel them in, they wheel the residents in, and they're waiting for us. And, you know, it takes time to get them all in. And the, they could be like this. Mm -hmm. But as soon as that music starts, they're up, they're tapping, their feet are going. They become alive. It's it's yeah. it's a transformation. Yeah, and to see that for the first time, we walked out of there and we were like, "Holy mackerel!" You know, we're we tears, thought we were right? here yeah. for them, but look what they did for us, and the reward for that was amazing. Um, so that's how it all got started, and and um, Bev and Katie and Mark are out there, and Joe are out there um, on Saturdays at ten o'clock in the morning. Um, Given their time and talent, uh, it's 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 a really cool thing to watch. It's incredible, yeah. It's a really cool thing. So, um, you said you have over fifty. Uh, we've had well over fifty musicians come volunteer their time and talent throughout the what what twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was amazing. It's amazing, and we even had bands who went up, like Steel Radiance had went up, and they played for the veterans up in Lebanon. Oh, wow. You know, um, we would go out and play for the veterans. Um, it's just a really cool thing to do. Uh, 
I and and believe it or not, I did get pushback, you know, from really? people. I did get pushback. Um, you know, that is a money making thing out there, which I wasn't aware of, playing retirement homes and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I may have stepped on toes uh doing that. But you know what? I, I'm all about volunteering. I'm all about giving back to the community. Um Yeah, especially at that age, it's like Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean they they've sacrificed you know however much for the younger their younger generation. What more can we do than give back? Well, hey, when, when you get in a retirement home, I hope someone comes in and plays for me. Man. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope so. Because you know, and that that's just the thing of like el- the elderly. You know, this uh, the American culture doesn't have much respect for the elderly. Not. Uh, and so, what what more can you do than you know go go into a place and remind them of their youth and play some Beatles or some right. Frank Sinatra songs? And, Speaking of Beatles, know. man, we were at um, I think it was out at the Manor. Uh, nursing home and uh, Albert von Shaft, who was the lead guitar player in Mo Blues up until this year, um, hell of a heck of a guitar player. Um, he volunteered and he went out there and he does Beatles, acoustic Beatles. And this woman, Corey, sat there and as soon as she started to play the Beatles, she stood up and got next to him and knew every word. Oh, knew, wow. Knew every word. It's on it's on Facebook on our Facebook page. That's on there. And she stayed and she do another Beatles song, she knew every word. Another Beatles song, knew every word. She then when he didn't do a Beatles song, she'd go back and sit down. Beatles was her trigger. You know, it was wild. And then, you know, we had um uh Stephen Courtney who does the yes. children's music. So I mean like the elders are sort of children. Still know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So he fit right in. Um we there's video of him. And he gets the whole place up dancing. I mean, like a party broke out. Like we were afraid of broken hips. We we're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, like if you go on and see some of the video that we have on our Facebook page on Musicians Bedside Manor, um, the transformations are incredible. You know, that's incredible because uh, I know um, we had Kate, we had Katie on, and we talked about that music is the only thing that lights up the entire brain. And uh, how about that? Yeah, how about that? Right, uh, the only thing. Uh, yeah, no, when she said that, I was like, Google. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. Wow. right. And she and uh, she was mentioning how like dementia patients won't remember anything, but you know, once they put on one of their favorite songs, they know every single word, and they they'll sing along. Exactly. And they know exactly what's going on. We have a video on our Facebook page. Um, and it's a national thing where they would bring Walkmans when the Walkmans were big. People were, they were asking to volunteer, uh, donate your Walkmans mm. for retirement communities. And they would put a tape in and put the earplugs on while the guy's in bed. There's a video of it on our Facebook page. And he's in bed, comatose. And they put the headphones on him and he becomes alive. He gets kicked out. It's. That's Yo, incredible. It's music is powerful. I know music is. I mean, how many times have you heard a song that takes you right back from what day you heard it? And oh, I'm yeah. 62, so it goes back a ways. <laughs> and I still remember, though. I still remember where I heard that song and what I was doing. I mean, music's powerful. It is. No, the first time I heard uh, Shania's t- Shania Twain's "Man, I Want to Be a uh, Man." Oh, what is it? Man, I I would something a woman. Man, I feel like a woman. There it is. There you go. Uh, uh, great, greatest song that I've ever heard for a long while. And I was at a, at a wedding when I first heard it. It makes me dance every single time. There you go. Yeah. So, growing up where I'm, I was a, I'm a Delco kid. Shout out to Delmar Village in Collingdale. Um, growing up in Delco, which is a suburb of Philly, when we were in our teens, we were hooligans and. Uh, we used to have parties and we had older heads and younger heads. Like our older heads were like our, our brothers, right. you know, who are like maybe three or four years older than us. And they always used to have parties on Friday and Saturdays. So you used to stand out in front of their party and hopefully you got called in, you know, it was like studio 54. And, uh, so one day I got called in, I got invited to the big heads party, man, dude, they put on a song. It changed my whole life that night, put on a song and I'm sitting there and I, and I look at my friend, Tommy Ward. I'm like, who is this? And he said, this is the Jay Giles band. Mm. Listen to me. I went out the next day and I bought that album and a C harmonica. And I'm like, I'm going to learn this. And that's what changed, that's what, that changed everything. That day, I still remember it. 
it was like Fourth of July weekend, and uh, that's what got me playing harmonica, and and that's what turned me from classic rock. You know, I was fifteen, sixteen, the long hair, listening to Zeppelin, and that turned me to blues. You know, when I look at the Zeppelin album and I see who's M. Waters, you know, mm, who is that? Who's Money Waters? Yeah, yeah, and so it all started to come together. Oh, wait a minute, these guys didn't write this. This is so that turned me on to the blues, which changed everything. It's it's really funny how, uh, over the show how uh, how many hair metal band uh, people get uh, there's, there seems to be a pipeline. You you you're a hair metal band person, and then you go into blues, right? There seems uh, to be a pipeline there. Well, hey, this is my first concert. I told you off. Stay, oh, my, my sister took me. Um, my sister Kathleen took me to the Spectrum in Philadelphia. I was ten years old, 1971, Black Sabbath. It was the third time they played in the U.S. That night, pretty much changed everything. And then, you know, like I said, I was all into the, into the, you know, the, the Deep Purple, the Led Zeppelin, you know, growing up, I was the guy who always brought the albums to the parties, you know, and, and but then Jay Giles, that just, it flipped it, you know, that's when Muddy Waters started to come in and, and all the, you know, Howlin' Wolf and, and learning about that. And then that changed it. That changed, that changed my whole listening uh, style right there. That day, so you 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 picked up a harmonica. Did you start performing with it? Or no, I didn't. You know what? I didn't perform until I moved out here. Really? Until I was in fifties. Yeah, I was your basement harmonica player, man. Like at a keg party, woohoo! You know that guy. Yeah, um, never performed. Um, but when I got out here, um, I went to North Dakota for four years. I don't know why, but I went to North Dakota <laughs> for four years. I don't know how anyone lives out there, but anyway. Um, I came back and I got an apartment in Willow Street and it was a snowstorm and I'm shoveling out and there was this girl shoveling her car out and I'm like, hey, you know, you need help and we got to talking and it was Bev. And she lived in the apartment across the road from me and uh, she says, hey, I know a guy. I hear you playing harmonica. I know a guy who plays piano. Mm. Um, why don't you hook up? So I hooked up with this guy, Adriano uh, Sica. He's from Italy and he was a... Uh, he was an Elvis impersonator too. Oh wow! From Italy, dude. The, the cat is cool. Um, so anyway, he he has his own show playing the piano and uh, had me come up and play. And I started to sit in the background and just you know play around. Now I jump around. I get on the bar. And you, you can't stop me. But you know, um, that's how it all started. Yeah, back in uh, back in Delco, listening to Jay Giles and. The harmonica started, but yeah, I didn't start playing until open mics out here. My first open mic out here um, is when things started to, okay, I think I could do this. You know, I still didn't know what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but uh, if you give off enough energy, it, it, it translates. Yeah. It translates. So, um, yeah, and that's how it all started. And Bev got me into with this guy and the, this guy, then I started to learn. And see how you book a band, see how what you're supposed to do, your etiquette on stage, see what you know, learned, open minds and learn. And he told me one day, man, he goes, dude, you need to go back to the drawing table, man. Mm. Like, you know, it's repetitive. And at 55, you could have taken that two ways, you know, the heck with you, or you know what, do it. I'm gonna learn. So, I had an apartment above a garage, and I would come home from work. And I would lock myself in my apartment for three hours and I would put on YouTube and I would put on Adam Gusau, who was from Satan and Adam, and I would learn and I, for three months, you know, learn how to actually somewhat learn how to play a harmonica, you know, which I didn't know anything, which I started listening to them, you know, like there's 17 notes in the first four holes. Right. I didn't know that, you know, um, I don't even know how you get 17 notes out of four holes. You know, <laughs> so you got, you know, you got to learn how to bend the reeds and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah. And, uh, so you, I really opened my eyes like, Hey man, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know what I'm doing here. Um, but then, um, I got to play with some open mic guys and, you know, they took me under their wing and said, Hey, you know, do this, try this. And here we are today, you know, um, Oh, a lot to Albie, you know, Albie showed me a lot, you know, um, Albie's been there with me every step of the way. Um, but we got, uh, uh, our band today is we got a new guitar player and a new drummer and we're off to the races and 
we had a full schedule again this year, which we weren't going to do this year, but it ended up being full again, and we're booked all the way through December. That's incredible. Yeah, it's 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 really incredible. It's right, um, and not to be not to have to pick up the phone. Yeah. You know uh, that that was a big plus. You know, people calling you, hey, are you available for this date? Hey, are you available for that date? Yeah. That's when it it takes a lot of pressure off. <laughs> you know, trying to keep everybody busy. Right. Uh, well, it, even uh, doing that, you also made your way into some of the music business side of. I did. Um, I got. I was working for a, a freight company out in Middletown, and I left that after twenty something years of with one company. I worked for him in Philadelphia for a while, and then I went out to Middletown and worked for him out there. Um, and I quit that job uh, to go into a venue on Prince Street. We're not going to go into a whole lot of that. Um, and that didn't work out. And so now I'm unemployed after working since I was like 15 years old. Now what? Sitting home one day, sitting in my apartment, phone rings. Hey, buddy, we hear you want to work at Rock Linnets. Corey, never heard of the place, didn't know what it was, but I know I needed to eat. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, I'll be there. And I'm like, okay, there'll be a van in the back. The keys will be in the visor. Go to the Marriott. You're going to pick up somebody. Don't talk to them or look at them. Okay. Go to the Marriott. Guys get in. I go to the... And it was... Where heavy rock stars sitting in the back seat. And they were like, so what's this place like? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never even been in it yet. <laughs> I just got here. <laughs> yeah. So I worked for Rock Linux for a while. And that was fun. That was so much fun. Um, but what happened was they had to shut it down um, for a while uh, to do some renovations or whatever. And I couldn't wait six months to go to work. So I ended up at Claire Brothers out in Mannheim. And I worked out there for 10 years. And then the pandemic hit. And I got laid off, and I went to Tate. And I was at the Tate for, I don't even know if it was a year. And the drive killed me. <laughs> Corey, the drive, I got old, and the drive started to kill me. So um, I got out of that. I got closer to home, um, 12 minutes from work now. Um, but incredible stuff, I mean, that I saw. And... I mean, for the first year of the Roots and Blues show, right? I get Deb Guy, who is the person who's in charge of all the volunteers, come up to me and go, you need to go to the Philly airport. I'm like, what? Right. I'm like, this is the first one. I'm going to miss everybody. What are you talking about? She goes, no, we need you to go to the Philly airport and pick somebody up. And I'm like, Deb, come on, man. Isn't there nobody else you can get? And she goes, trust me, you're going to want to do this. So I'm like, who is it? James Cotton. <laughs> Where's the keys? Right, right, right. I go down and pick up James Cotton. I have a two-hour ride back with him and his wife. That's incredible. And he asked me, will you be our person the whole weekend? So I got to hang with this guy who I listened to at 15 years old, who I was trying to learn or practice, you know. Yeah, and here I'm driving. And they invited me and Bev down to their Austin home. Wow. Yeah, man. Uh, it was very so. That was year one of Roots and Blues, and I'm like, this is this is it. Cool, yeah. this, it's in our backyard. How can you not be involved in this? And I got to meet some very very cool musicians, man. Through through Roots and Blues, through hey, I worked at Claire Brothers when I worked at Claire Brothers. Roy Claire was tight with Yes. Yeah, yeah. They just had Yes right here. Yeah. So Yes wouldn't go to Rock Linnets to rehearse. They would rehearse in our warehouse. Really? I was the warehouse guy. So all their packages would come to me, and anything wow. they needed to ship, they'd come to me. So they came to me and said, hey, look, man, we don't have wheels. Can you come pick us up? Dude, I took them to an open mic at Tellus. No way. I, I took Jeff Downs and Alan White, who just died, yeah. to Tellus to... To an open mic. Yeah. That's so cool. And they were very cool. So every time they're in town, they give us, me and Bev, a call. Hey, we're in town. Here's two tickets. Same thing with um, U2's manager, uh, Rocco Reddy. U2's manager. Anytime he comes into town, he gives me and Bev a call. 
hey, come on in, man. Pick me up. I'm at the airport or pick me up. I'm at the hotel. And so I got to meet some. I mean, who would have thought this, you know, at, at 10 years old watching Black Sabbath. You know, here I am in my 50s and 60s now, you know, hanging out with these guys, you know, very cool. So the music scene out here is second to none. Oh, man. it's incredible. Yeah. You know, even coming from Philly to here, this, I'd rather be here. Yeah, right. It's, it's so much more uh, authentic, I feel. It is. It's real. It's real. Yeah, there's a real scene out here as opposed to New York or L.A. or wherever else. And there's no pretentious there's no politics. Right. <laughs> Every, you know, no matter what it is you are, when you walk in that room, you're just a musician. You're a musician. And listen, I don't consider myself a musician at all. I'm not. I have a full-time job. You know, you are what's on your taxes. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So, but but for the, for the level of volunteer that you get out here and people who just, hey, what do you need? Yeah. What, what do you need? I'll help you out. It's incredible. I mean, for musicians, we had the Mike Steele. We used to go up from Musicians Bedside Manor up to a place in Stevens, PA. And Mike was one of the first volunteers we had. And um, here's the downside to, to going in to the old people or the elderly people is you get to know them. <sighs> and then when you go back one day and they're not, they're there. not there. yeah. So Mike used to have this guy, Sonny. Corey, man, this cat was cool. He was old. He was in his wheelchair, but he always knew when Mike was coming. And he'd sit in his hallway, sit in his doorway, waiting for him. Mike used to play this song for him called King of the Road. King of the Road. Yeah, yeah. That was Sonny's line. He'd get to that thing, and Sonny would belt out, King of the Road. Well, we went back one day, and we're like, where's Sonny at? He's not. And they're like, Sonny's not with us no more. And it was like, you know, so that's the downside oh, uh, of that part. You know, you do get this sort of, you see these guys every two weeks and, they, you know, they're waiting for you. You know, you are their day. Yeah. You're their day. Um, even, even now that we started back up, we're at Willow Valley and it's, and Willow Valley is different. We go room to room. Oh, wow. That's nice. Right. So yeah. it's personal. Yeah. You know, you're in there with one other person. Right. Um, we had these people with our first time there. They have scooters and they would follow Katie. Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> pretty soon, like one room's got like four people in it. That's funny. Yeah, but they love it. They love it. And when you're leaving, they're like, when are you coming back? And that's the hard part because you got to leave. Got to leave. You oh. know, that's the hard part. That's so. Because you're there whole week. You're yeah. like, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? But it's it's some it's some really good stuff. And, and listen, if anyone wants to get involved in this, not only are we looking for musicians, but we like to do chaperones too. We always like to have two people in a room. Yes, we would are. like to have the musician, and even if you want to sing with the musician or whatever, we like to have two people. So you don't have to be a musician to get involved with this. If you want to be a chaperone and say, "Hey, look, I would like to follow a musician around, you know, from room to room for an hour." Please give us a call. Go on our, our, our Facebook page and, and hit us up because we'd love to have you. Um, yeah, and, and if anything, you're going to be able to have a conversation with someone who probably hasn't seen somebody else besides their nurse right. for a very long time. Right. And, and, and sometimes it gets sketchy. You know, it gets sketchy. They don't know who you are. You know, they're asking for their food, and you're like, well, hey, I'm not here. You know, so you got to know. That's why I always like to have two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? That makes sense, yeah. Two just, people for Emily just a buffer, and for kids. Yep. you know, just a buffer because it, it can get sketchy sometimes. Yeah, you know, and God, you know, God forbid someone falls or something like that. You know, right? But yeah, so I'm bouncing all over the place. No, this is good. It's fine. Um, it sounds like you need a website. I know, right? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not good with any of that, man. I like I, I'm not good. With my my band doesn't have a website. You know, I'm I'm not good computer stuff man at all we'll figure that out all right i'll help you out with that one because that is, is a good cause that definitely needs a website yeah it's um and we enjoy doing it and and right now we've only went back to two places because i didn't want to go full force full force yeah. and then not have the volunteers i needed to go out to the places so right now we're in two places it's pretty comfortable and what i what i tell you what i really like to do is if you would want to volunteer, like Mark Boyd has a place that he turned me on to 
that we should go talk to, talk to to see if they want to do this. Well, I would like Mark to take that. That's your that's your baby. Okay, so you, you book that room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah, you want to you give like governors that. a little bit. Yeah, you know, if you want to do so and so ABC retirement home, take that. Yeah, that's your baby. I'll go set it up for you. I'll get it all squared away. All you're going to have to do is show up. Yeah, that's what I would really like to do. If we're going to expand it, because I can't be everywhere. You want to decentralize it. Yeah, and I have a control issue where, like, if I'm not there, I'm always thinking, what the heck is going on over there? You know what I mean? But I got to let that go. That's my... Yeah, delegate. That's my thing, is to delegate and let people do what they can do. Yeah. You know, because they're they're very capable of doing it. They've shown it to me, but I just have that... No, you know? I, I, I understand. Um, that's one of the things I had to learn in Boy Scouts was to delegate. Yeah. Uh, because if it's not done my way, it ain't done right, right? Right. Um, but you got to be able to uh, trust your team. Yeah. And and I do. It's just that, you know, my head's always somewhere else. Oh, you know? right, right, right. Like, I hope everything's okay. I hope, you know, I hope everything's going good, you know. But I'm working on that, and that's... Hopefully in 2023 we'll be able to expand and I'll let people just be able to take that and have it as their their baby and do what they want with it. It's good. It's good. Uh, gosh, where else will you start? So you've had all, all of these all of these wonderful uh, crazy experiences. What do you, who do you think what is <laughs> what is one of the funniest things that ever happened to you in regards to like you know you you've had your uh, shows that you've had you've had. Uh, you've been tra- you've uh, met all these wonderful people from Rock Lettuce, Claire Audio, etc. What's one of the funniest things that you can remember? Well, I could give you a Mo Blue story. All right, all right. So we were out playing one time, and uh, John Brown was playing with us, who is our lead guitar player now. Um, he was playing with us, and uh, he was going to end with Purple Rain. I was like, okay, go ahead. I'll start breaking my stuff down. All right, so he's jamming man people are digging it you know it's outside you know a nice crowd and i'm back there getting my gear together and here it comes Corey. boom wrong plug man oh no Corey, Corey, wrong plug no if john brown looked like linda blair his head spun and i had the cord in my hand man i'm like it was like, thank you, good night, man. See ya. <laughs> yeah, I still still hear that. Matter of fact, I heard it at the last gig we were at. Yeah, don't you unplug anything. <laughs> Stay away from the cords. Um, let me see. As far as uh, um, as far as working at Claire, I mean, working with Yes was probably my uh, biggest yeah, thing like- there. You know, talking with Alan White. You know, I mean, Alan White was he was on. John Lennon stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And he was a jokester. Like he would send pack like make a fake package and for me and bring it back and say, There's nothing in here, you know? And Yeah, right. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and uh but yeah, so that was always there was I don't have any funny stories about that. It was always just a good time with them guys. Um um Rocco Reedy, um, who is U2's manager. He came down to the Sandwich Factory open mic and played guitar. I have that on somewhere. I'll, I could post that. Yeah. And no one, you know, no one knew who he was. He was just a manager, you know. Right. Had long hair and just thought it was a dude I brought and got out and played guitar with Albie and a couple guys. And, yeah, so, I mean, that, that kind of stuff I always look back on, man. I mean, that was a really – and it's right here in Lancaster, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it's right here. So you've done all these things. What are, what are some things you still want to do? I want to have my own radio show. Corey, I have the whole thing mapped out in my head. I've been wanting, listen, I was in the Navy. I joined the Navy in 1979 because I had nothing else to do. Um, I graduated high school. I was a bum. I wasn't going anywhere. Um, let's go to the Navy, right? Right, right. Let's right. go see the world. Um, so I did. I got through uh, halfway around the world twice. Um, cool. <laughs> so I got to see a lot of things. Um, I think that's more education you could get in a book. Oh, absolutely. You know? Going somewhere. You know, yeah. I mean, I live with this Korean family, Corey. That I, we got to Korea, Pusan, Korea, and it was cold. And they had like one of them outdoor 
festivals, like not festivals, carnivals for kids, you know, with mm -hmm. the rides and all that. And I don't speak Korean, and I could, and they didn't speak English, but I could tell the kid wanted to go to the carnival. He's pestering his dad. And I could tell the dad's telling him they ain't got no money. Well, dude, I got a pocket full of money. I just came in off of leave, uh, off of shore for 30 days. I got months. So I walked up to him. I'm like, look, I'll take his. I'm like, me, I'll take his all. I had to live with him for like six days. <laughs> didn't speak English. They didn't speak English. I didn't speak Korean, but we, we, we communicated. Yeah. For six days. I mean, we're, you know, um, so yeah, it was stuff like that. You know, like you'll, you'll never, you'll never experience that. You right. Know? There's, there's no, there's no book to tell you how to communicate right. with somebody. Australia, else language, been to yeah. Australia, you know, twice and, it's, it's slightly easy to communicate there. Very <laughs> as soon as you cross the crater, you flush the toilet to watch it stop oh, and go the other way. That was the biggest thing. But um, yeah, man, so I, I, I experienced a lot of stuff uh, growing up and, and then got into the music scene out here and just fell in love with it and, and, and wanted to be a part of it. And you want to do a radio show. And I want to do a radio show. So I got out of the Navy and all the money I had I put into this this company that was in Philadelphia at the time. Um, it was like CBS Radio, you know. And uh, so I went there, gave him all my cash, and I still remember I did a Maxwell House commercial, do 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 do, do and for old heads. Uh, um, and they were like, "Yo, you're accepted. Cool, man." I went there like three times. I would take the train into town every like Wednesday night. I would go in there, and then on the fourth time, I went back, and it was locks on the door, man. It was like a fly-by-night. So they got everything from me, man. So now I have, I'm 23 with nothing. Right. I'm living with my brother and his family, you know. Um, but that's, that's my passion is I would love, listen, I already know. I have the whole thing mapped out in my head because I've been doing it in my head for 40 years. I know what my intro song would be. I know what I would play. I, yeah, I have guests. You know, what they wanted to listen to or what, what, you know, what influenced them, you know, play that stuff. I've always wanted to do radio. Always, always, always. You know, I grew up with John DeBella and the Morning Zoo in Philadelphia, you know, and, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that was my passion. It still is my passion. I want to do a radio show. We're going to get that hooked up. Oh, We're going to get that hooked up for you. That would be great. That's that's I'm I'm I believe in you. We're gonna we're gonna get that. We're gonna we'll we'll do it. We'll do it. He believes in me. I well I do. There's one person out it's, there. We're we're gonna get. I'm gonna hook you up with, with some of that. Yeah, but that's definitely something I would love to do. You know, and and I have this other idea, crazy idea. Of if you ever saw the um, tiny desk concerts on YouTube, uh, they go into this. It's NPR does it. Yes. And they go into this office and they play music and film it and put it on YouTube. I want to do that. I want to film it um, with Frank from LCTV 66. We're going to get our own YouTube channel for it. And we're going to hopefully do it. I don't want to say where in case it never, never comes happens. about. Yep. But we have a place in mind where we want to do this. And it will be a paid gig. And what we're trying to do is get sponsors for the show. So it doesn't come out of my pocket all the time. Um, and it, like I said, it would be a paid gig. We would put it up on YouTube. The artist would be able to steal it off of YouTube for promotional stuff. It would be on the local uh, cable station here, LCTV 66, which goes out to 10,000 people. Um, so that's my next thing. What we used to do, um, Frank and me partnered up during the pandemic. And... We went out to this radio, I mean, this uh, record store out in Columbia called Retro Rocks uh, Records. And I'll tell you, the owners out there, they opened their door. Like, we had nowhere to play. No one had anywhere to play. So I'm like, look, man, why don't you open up your doors? I'll film it. We'll give you free publicity every week. Or once a month we did it. Once a month we'll give you free publicity. And they were like, we're in. So I started to call, mu call musicians and say, hey, look, man, they ain't a paid gig. You know, but we'll put it up on YouTube. You can steal it for promotion. Man, people were like, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. We did it for two years. Yeah. Uh, we did it for two years. Getting stuff for publicity is the hardest thing for musicians. It is. Yeah. It is. And then, and then not only that, like on weekends, we had nowhere to play. So I built a stage out back of my house. 
and uh, musicians would come play there. And we on a Saturday night, we'd have 50 to 60 people pass a bucket around, band walk out with several hundred bucks. Yeah. And we had somewhere to play, and it was outdoors. And it was, so I'm always got something going on, you know, always thinking about how can we push the local mu- music a little bit further, you yeah. know, a little bit, you know. And like I said, the people that I met, the musicians here, um, the promoters here, the people who own these companies, they're us. They're just yeah. us. Yeah, there's people. Uh, you go up and talk to them. Yeah. You know, and I'm a big network guy. You know, hey, I know so-and-so who knows so-and-so who knows so-and-so who might be able to help you. Right. Yeah, and that's what this business is all about. Oh, exactly. If you're if you're a musician and know nobody, you ain't going you're nowhere. You're going nowhere. You're going nowhere fast. Nowhere <laughs> fast. Yeah, and, uh, but yeah, the, the community here that I, I love. Yeah. I, I mean, I really do. It's so much. It's so much so that there's literally a nonprofit music for everyone, right here. Yes, they do amazing. Who stuff. does amazing stuff? Amazing stuff. I mean, what they do for school. They gave me my first PA system for musicians' bedside manner. Wow. Yes, that's incredible. Yes, they were like, "You need to put in for a grant so we can help you." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And John Gertie, I met John Gertie, fellow harmonica player, was like. I'm in charge of it. Give me something, and we'll help you out. They gave me, they gave me a PA system, and they also gave us boxes of handheld stuff, shakers yeah. and stuff to hand out to the residents when we're there, yes. so they could get involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, I mean, that's the community we live in. Yeah, it cost me nothing. It's it's incredible what you can do around here with just. Just the idea of music. Music, uh, music is like central to the Lancaster culture. Yes. No matter what music you're a part of. Yes. I mean, like for Rock Linux to call me out of nowhere. I don't even know. How, to this day, I still don't know how they got my name. <laughs> I don't know how they got my phone number. But someone put something in their ear because I said something or was around somebody. And they said, I know a guy. Yeah. And that's how it works. I know a guy. It's, it's, it's literally that quite simple. You go out. You do your thing. You do it well, someone else is going to mention. I know a guy. I know a guy. That's it's really I, it's really what it is. I, I have to guess. Well, this is incredible for me now, but uh, over uh, a large part of my guests are uh, people who have been recommended to me because they're like, "Oh, you want to do this? I know a guy, right? That does that." Well, you you we talked before, and if you don't mind me saying, you were talking sure. about getting into promoting or yeah, putting on a show. That's that's my next goal. And listen, I know a guy. Yeah. You know, listen, uh, I'm going to mention his name. Bruce Malday took over the Lancaster uh, Balloon Festival and the Philly Balloon Festival. He is now a promoter. That's what he does. Me and him hooked up. We worked well together. I put the bands on. He let me put the bands on in both venues. And he hit me up this week and said, let's get together. We need to start thinking about this year. I know a guy. There's the guy you should talk to. If that's what you want to do, you should work with him on these this year. Yeah, that's and that's that's what I'm going to do. Right, and that's what we're <laughs> going to make happen this year. Exactly. We we have some really big stuff for the story podcast this year. You guys don't even know um, stuff that I'm not allowed to say because because uh, it's unfortunate to be secretive like that a little bit. We can't spoil surprises. Keep it, keep it under your hat. Keep man. it under wraps. Yeah, I can't. So we'll steal it. <laughs> well, well, not only that, it's just a. Uh, uh, None of these are concrete. <laughs> so, still juggling. Yeah, so I'm always juggling. Uh, people think I know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Me neither, man. But we're doing but it. But you know what? You fake it till you make it. Oh, absolutely. Right? You fake it till you make it. That's my biggest motto in life, man. Well, and you just do things. You don't... It, just uh, do it. Uh, hey, listen. I've been through so many things. Like, I had this thing that we used to do with Millersville University. Somehow, I hooked up with Millersville University, so networking we came together and we used to do a thing at the stoner bar a stoner grill grill, in the barn it was called wow the barn sessions steve davis did me a beautiful logo this was going to be something it was like this but it was an interview Mm. and we would have the artist play two songs in the middle and two songs at the end and it was tv just like this miller world taped it this was going to be a show. And uh, first one I had was Cordy Byron. 
Second one I had was uh, Songsmith, which is um, um, Steve Davis and Lynn Royer. And they went well. And I don't know what happened. It just never went anywhere after that. Like Millersville got involved with something. I think the venue couldn't do the when we needed it. And But them two are out there still on LCTV 66 or somewhere. And they were incredible. They were so well edited, put together. That's the stuff I like to do. I'd rather do stuff like that than actually perform. That's the stuff I want to do. I, I, I'm. It, this is one of uh, one of the crucial advices that I was given on to the show of uh, was my dear friend Robert Bigley, um, one of my past professors. He said, um, well, he said effectively, stay in your lane. Don't be something you're not. And uh, I like to perform. I'm not a performer. I'm not classically trained. People ask me, oh, you're me neither. I'm not. Uh, I'm not, and nor do I have the time for that. Uh, given my work, um, but he he said, you know, find what you're good at, and do that. Right. Don't try to be. If you, I, I wanted to be a performer back in the day. I wanted to go on Broadway. I, I'm not. I can't sing. I can't dance. I can't. You're with well, me. How am I going to be on Broadway if I can't do any of those things? Right. And uh, find your niche. Yeah, find your niche. Yeah, and and work your way into that and do that. Hey, listen, and uh, I started to put on shows. Um, and with Mulberry Art Studio, um, um, April out there is wonderful. And my first show I put on, I learned a valuable lesson, dude. I mean, you learn things as you go along, and you will make oh. people angry. Oh yes, as you move along, and I deserved it because I knew nothing about putting on a show, Corey. I just grabbed a dude who I knew um, from Roots and Blues, uh, which was uh, Clarence Spady. I put on a show at Mulberry Art Studios, sold tickets, did pretty well. And there was a gentleman who came up to me and goes, can I have a word with you? Sure. You bleepity bleep, 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 bleep. And I didn't know why. And I'm like, what's going on? He goes, I have this guy at my venue tomorrow. Right down the street, dude. Total, total no-no, right? Yeah. I mean, I killed this guy, you know, you know, and I, I wasn't my, this is what I was set out to do. Right. His agent never told me that he's got a gig tomorrow right down the street. I didn't do no research. I didn't do anything. I got this guy, sold tickets, put him in. Woohoo. I put on a show. Man, I, and Dave Costarello was the guy's name. And he had him down the street the next day. And I saw Dave a couple weeks ago, and I walked up to him. Like, you remember the first time we met? He says, "Absolutely." <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and I'm like, I deserved everything that you told me that night. Yeah. And now I learned. Yeah. Do some research. Where are you at? The next couple of days, I can't have you within a 50 mile radius. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're playing in Reading, maybe. But maybe, 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 you know, but dude, down the street. No. And I, and he, this, this, this show has been on for a while. And then I come in. Oh, I put on yep. the night before. Oh, Ugh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so you do learn. And I, I deserved every bit of what that man gave me that day. Yeah. It's, I, I, I am prepared for all the mistakes I'm going to make. Cause I'm no perfect person either. And uh, I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm gonna learn on the way. And that's fake it till you make it. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Just don't be afraid to do it. Oh, I'm not afraid to do it. I'm afraid to fail, and I, I expect to fail. In right. fact, actually, because if you don't fail, you don't learn. Right. And if you're not if you're not failing, you're not doing something. You're not doing it right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're you're you are faking it. Right. You're completely faking it. Right. And you know, and and, and criticism. In your 50s and 60s, isn't easy to come by. You know, isn't easy to take sometimes. Oh, no. You know, you're like, hey, I made it this far. You know, screw you. Uh-uh. You know, you've got to be a sponge. Take what everybody gives you and use what it is. Use what you can for the rest of the way. You know, and I wish you nothing. Listen, I listen to a lot of these. These are fantastic what you're doing here. Thank you. Another niche in Lancaster music is what you're doing. Yeah. 
You know, it's and I listen to them. I listen to them on my forklift at work when I'm unloading the truck. I got my Bose stereo there, and I drive, and I hear hear what you're doing, and it's 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 awesome. It's Thank awesome you. stuff. I appreciate it. Let's get into some questions that I like to ask all my guests. We're kind of rounding out our time, unless you want to talk about anything else. No, I think I've I think I've bounced off four walls in here, man. <laughs> Been all over the place. So, here's uh, once one thing that you know now. That you wish you knew when you first started, and this can be uh, anywhere, anywhere related to music. Don't bullcrap anybody, because mm. they're gonna find out. Oh yeah, be honest, even if they don't like it. You know, people want to hear honesty, but not really. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so I've learned to be just blunt, upfront, and let it lay where it's gonna lay. Yeah, that's that's one thing I'm really I've been really good at is uh, not beating around the bush because no one likes. Beating around a bush. Listen, I don't want to have to talk to you and figure out what it was I just said, what, what we just talked about. Yeah, right. I want, I want to know when I left Corey, he told me, there's no gray area. Well, I know yeah. where Corey's coming from. Yeah. And that's what you get from me. But people don't like that. People no. like to be told what they want to hear. Yeah, it, well, it, the, the thing that makes me the most mad is whenever, uh, like, I'll, I'll put it to this podcast, if, and this hasn't happened yet, so, and I hope it never happens. But if a guest didn't have a good time, and uh, they left and didn't tell me, what what am I gonna what do? What good is it? What good is it? What, what good is it? You wasted an hour. You wasted an hour. There, there was no learning from that. Right. There, I mean, I surely if you were unhappy, maybe I'm probably unhappy at that at that point. But what what's what's the point of you coming on here? You, you know, you're you're telling your story, your everything, and if and if there wasn't a thing that we didn't get to that you wanted to get to. You know, say something. Say first, something. Say something about say, it. That thing under your nose, man. That's what. Uh, oh my god, that's another thing. I I, I bought a new pair of jeans once, and I I, I, for, jeans? I forgot a sticker, and I I went out to tell us, and I had that sticker on my butt all night. And no one told. No, no one, one told, me. told you. Yeah, except, uh, except when you know when everyone was all drunk. Hey, you got a sticker on your butt. <laughs> that's what people like, come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> late at night, it's like, why didn't anybody? Why is this guy got that on his head? Why didn't anybody tell me I got a sticker Listen, on my butt? Listen, I place? always tell my friends if I got a booger hanger from my nose, please tell, tell me, me, man. Yeah. That's a friend. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a. Fr- I mean, I understand. Like, oh, he's got a sticker on his butt. <laughs> but, but also, <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, exactly. I know where you're coming from. But uh, yeah, if you have a, a bad experience with a musician, with a stage manager, with a booking agency, with a venue, make sure uh, they know about it. Yeah, and listen, and, and you might not get the answer you like. That's okay. But at least you told them. At, at least, least they heard it from you and not Harry down else. the road. Yeah, because it, it is infinitely worse if they hear it from somebody else as opposed to you. Yes. Infinitely worse, because yes. then they're going to say, oh, you, you're a, a gossiper or oh, blah, 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 blah. Well, then they can't trust you. Yeah, then I can't trust it. That's exactly. a trust issue. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to hire anyone I can't trust. Right. Or I'm not going to be around anyone, you know, and in I'm not my gonna band support I can't anybody. trust. Yeah, you're not going to support anybody. No, I'm can't not going to hire you for a festival. You know, if you came in last year acting like a fool, right. you think I'm going to bring you back? And and, and if at least if you, like, if you apologize, that's one thing, right? Hey, you, listen, if you man up, that's all I ask. Yeah, that's literally You, you don't have to do anything else. You go, hey, man, I messed up. We're done. Yeah, that's it. That's all. It's a clean slate. And people don't realize that that's that's kind of how it is in the music industry anyway. If you every every if you haven't act a fool in the music industry, you'll get there. Uh, yeah, because it's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, and that's something you really can't avoid being in the music industry. Right. And and, and stupid stuff's gonna happen. You're gonna look gonna silly. Happen. You're, you gonna, you're gonna unplug your friends. Yeah, you're, uh, you're gonna the, unplug your friend in the middle yep. of a guitar solo. The mic stand. And you stand and hold the yep. plug and go. I did it. That's my bad. I did it. That's that's on me. Right. Uh, I did it. Something else is gonna happen. Someone's gonna. You know. Uh, I've had. I've heard some really funny stories on this show <laughs> of people throwing up mid set and they gotta clean it up. Oh. Or, yes. Uh, Mike. Mike stand falls over and hits somebody. Almost hits somebody. Uh, that's my. I'm afraid of that man. Because they do have gig insurance. I don't have it. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I, stuff happens, and yeah. you got to own up to it and be like, "Yeah, that's my bad. I, I it won't happen again. Yeah. Promise you that." Right. And it, well, and that's another thing. You yeah, you keep won't on see your me standing behind you with the plug in my hand no more. Yeah, because once you make that I, mistake, it happens once. It only happens once. I uh, really funny story about. Uh, did you see my episode of Daryl Davis? Yes. 
I uh, this is one of the worst mistakes I've ever made on the show so far. Was uh, I went down there and um, I when he said, "Oh, come to my house," I was like, "Okay, sure." And uh, he invited me out to his house to to do it. And um, and uh, I was like, "Okay, I don't have a mobile set, but I'll figure it out." Because this is another another thing I learned. It's like, okay. That I feel like that's an opportunity where you just say yes and figure it out. Yes. Right. Never say no. Never say no. Yeah. Uh, you f- unless you absolutely cannot. Yes. Yeah. But, but if there's, there's a way. Reason, there's a way. You'll figure it out. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what I was like. I was like, I can't miss up an opportunity with Daryl Davis, right? Because uh, he probably doesn't have one of these opportunities. And I was right. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I, I gather up all my equipment, all my stuff from home, and uh, I and I leave, and like 15 minutes out, I'm like, I think I'm forgetting something, and so I double check. And I'm like, no, I'm good. Okay. And guess what I forgot? I forgot the power cord to my computer. <laughs> the main thing. The main thing that no one else could ever possibly. Like, right. If I and forgot who can't it, replace it. I was going to say, if I, if I had like an XLR, no big deal. Right. If, I, if I missed a, a power quarter cord? inch, no problem. Even a microphone. He's Daryl Davis. He probably has a He's microphone. Got He's got it, right? The main thing that I needed was that power cord to my Macintosh. And I didn't have it. And, uh, but thankfully he was, uh, I, biggest shout out to him. He's a, he's a really great, great, nice guy. He let me use his laptop. Oh, dig that. Yeah. He let me use his personal laptop. And that goes to show where it's not like, you don't know what you're doing. Get out of here. Let me help you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And, Cause he, you know, him at his stage, he can just say, you all, you blew it kid. Yep. Run Sorry. away. Go away. I don't have time. Yeah, he, he could have pulled up the ladder right, right up behind him and said, see you, kid. About it. And he didn't. He That's another thing I, I, I want to encourage other musicians is because someone messes up doesn't mean you. And you know what, man? Walk up to somebody. They're no better than you. Yeah. Just walk up to them and ask them what you want to ask them, no matter what level of music they are. Just walk yeah. up. Oh, what are you going to say? No. Right, what does Nardwall do? Have you seen Nardwall? No. Uh, he's a he's a he's a crazy. Uh, he's a, he's a uh, I won't say a lunatic, but he is he's a lunatic. <laughs> he's a crazy guy that walks up and asks crazy questions that only you know they would know. Okay. He's, and he's like, and all the musicians like, how do you know that? Like he asked, you know, that one time in high school when you did this and that, and, and they're like, wait, who are you? <laughs> like ultra researches. What is this on YouTube? Uh, yeah, yeah, Nard Nardwar. Yeah, Show me yeah. That. yeah me that it's, again, it's very funny. Um, but it's you know, it's just go up there and ask him, and uh, don't be afraid to own up to your mistakes and then make those mistakes. Don't. Hey, look, man, yeah. I ran into Magic Dick, who was the harmonica player for the Jay Giles band, who I told you back when I was mm-hmm. 15 years old. When I heard him play, I'm like, I want to learn that. So he was out of the Roots and Blues. He had his own little thing going on with really? this other guitar player. And it was at the uh, village. And I'm like, I have people sign my harp case. I have um, James Cotton. I have uh, a bunch of people. Anyway, I went, yeah, I went, Magic Dicks. <laughs> oh my, yeah. Nope. Nope. That's Wouldn't okay. do it. That's okay. Wouldn't do it. But you asked. I asked. And that's, that's I walked up and said, yo, Dickie, can you do my. No. He was okay. having an argument with his wife, so it probably was a really bad time. <laughs> but still, you still went up but and asked. But you know what? You go up and ask. All they could say is no. Yeah. It, if I was scared to ask people to come on this podcast, you know how many people I would have on this podcast? Yeah. We would be watching nothing. We would be watching nothing. I wouldn't have had Daryl Davis. I wouldn't have had right. members of Snarky Puppy. And just look where this might go. Yeah, you don't exactly. even know where this is I headed. I don't know where this is going. But keep it up. Yeah, and, and all I got to do is just keep going. Right. And people don't realize this, but uh, in the music industry, you are investing for a later return. It's not... It, exactly. This is a long process. I know some people who have been at this in 10 years, and they got really, really good stuff, and they're about to quit. But they just got to... You got to keep going. This is a uh, <laughs> high risk. Very much. High risk, but... The high reward at the end. Exactly. And you know what? I'm, and you got to have the set of mind. Like, I know what Mo Blues is. Right, yes. We're Lancaster. Listen, man, that's what we are. Yeah, and there's no sense saying, oh, I'm going to go. Just We're know having what fun. You are. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. You know, I don't look to be in, in the Fillmore. I'm, I'm never going to play that. You know, I'm never going to be seen to do something like that. Have fun where you're at. Yeah. Have fun where you're at. Know where you, you are. You know? 
Um, don't ridicule the, the next guy. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Have fun where you're at, you know? Um, listen, we might not be the five best musicians that ever played their instrument, but together, collectively, you can see we have a lot of fun on that stage. And it's a great show. And that translates to the crowd. And that's yeah. all And that's all you need. Yeah, you yeah. know? I mean, you need to be good. You, need to, extent, you need to yeah. be good, right? But I don't, I'm not the best. Right. I'll never be the best. There's Louis Bechtold. I mean, them guys, that, they're hard players. Yeah, they're, yeah. I get up and I jump around and I, you know, and I have fun. But I think that translates. To see the band is having a good time, we're going to have a good time. Yeah. You know, if I just stood there, that'd be pretty darn boring. Yeah, if you just, if you're, I don't, I don't mean to call out classical musicians, but if, you, if you're there but up and tight. I'm not yeah. playing that type of music. You're not playing that type of music. Right. Well, even then, uh, if you get up and dance around, then people are going to gonna love it. Listen, I'm all about, I tell my band before every show, energy. That's the one word I say, energy. Show them energy. Turn it on. Yep. Loud and energy. If you give them that, you, they will respond. And that's what we found in the yeah. seven years we've been doing it. Man. man that's, that's, a, a, that's a fast hour, man. It is a fast hour. Holy cow. Um, who are you listening to now? If three top artists that you, would, you, you can recommend. Deuce. My Morning Jacket. We're on drugs. That was fast. Love the three of them. Really? Just got turned on to Goose not too long ago. I can't stop listening to them. My Morning Jacket's probably been my best band for like the last 20 years. War on Drugs, excellent Philly band. Really good. Um, yeah, they're the three I'm listening to like on a track. Like, really? Uh, it's all, listen, I, I'm very fortunate at work to work by myself and be able to blare music. And this is what's blaring out of, my, out of the warehouse right now is Goose. They do it, listen... Uh, Animal House, Shyamalama Ding Dong by Otis Day and the Nights, right? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite songs on that in that movie. Goose does a version of it. I just got turned on to last week. Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> but uh, I'm a big My Morning Jacket fan. Big, I don't know if you're no. Who that. Oh, well, that's why I ask people because I don't know nothing. Yeah, check them three bands out. Goose is uh, they're like a jam band out of Connecticut. Um, I went, they're coming in to the, to the Met in March. I tried to get tickets still and they sold out both dates. I mean, like they're selling out everywhere. Um, yeah. And, uh, war on drugs. I love, uh, they are, if you're Philadelphia Eagles fan, go birds. Yeah. Tomorrow. Ooh, Corey, you have no idea. (laughs) Um, but the Eagles did a, some of the Eagles did a Christmas album. And Charlie Hall from my from War on Drugs directed the whole thing. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So That's there's cool. some really cool video on YouTube about that too, man. Can't say I'm as excited to see the birds in the Super Bowl. No, well. come no, on, I'm man. I'm a Steelers fan. Yo, go birds. E A G L E S. Who are they up against? I don't follow Kansas football. City. Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, they finally got into the Super Bowl. They're there again. They've again. been there. They've they've been the hot team. Oh well, I know. Like for the yeah, past like but up until years. tomorrow, I'll be at a parade on Thursday. I'll be at Broad and Patterson for all my Philly friends. I'll be at Broad and Patterson about eight o'clock in the morning Thursday. That's when funny. we win. That's so funny. Uh, well, this has been uh, awesome, the Corey. Podcast. Yeah, this has been really great. I tell you what, man, I could jump around on stage and act like a nut and have no problem. I walked in here, I was so nervous, man. You know, we talking one on great. There you go, great. Ready for a bird's win. <laughs> <laughs> With all that said, you can find Kevin Gannon at Music's uh, Musician Bedside Manor on Facebook. That link will be in the description. And this is the Story Podcast. My name is Corey Rosen. You can find us at CoreyRosenProductions.com. That's C-O-R-Y-R-O-S-E-N Productions.com. You can find out more about me, the work I do as a music composer and just a a person. And you can find out more about our episodes and where you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And tomorrow, uh, right before the Super Bowl, we're going to be having on a... A super awesome guest from local PA. He's a uh, CPMA nominee this year. Cody Tyler, uh, Cody Ross, uh, is he's a country musician from around here. And this Thursday, I have uh, another great friend, Liam Galliano. Love Liam. I haven't had him on. He was one of the first few that, that were on this. They show. just went to Memphis. They did uh, with uh, they they represented Lancaster. 
with uh, Ben Brandt. Yes, they did. Ben Brandt, Soul Miners Union. Yeah, they re represented Lancaster down there in the blues uh, contest. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about that, and uh, he really wants to get into bass guitar. Love him. So we're, we're going to get down into bass guitar. Hey, shout out to Beverly Reed. T tomorrow's her birthday. Love you, Bev. And with all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, and we will see you guys later. Bye. Later.